Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Public. I'm glad you joined us today. We have a special episode talking about the election, talking about the country. This is Church Public where we talk about faith and culture and the intersection between the two. So get ready and let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back again. I'm glad that you joined me. If you didn't check out churchpublic.com, you can go and check that out after this episode. You can also catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at churchpublic is the handle there. So I'm glad that you're with us. I hope you find this informative and helpful. We're continuing to dissect the the church, the culture, the faith, the public, the things that are going on around our lives to try to make sense of them and try to interact with them so that we can influence this world for the better. We believe that there are things we can do, that we shouldn't just sit on the couch and wait for life to happen, but that we should get out into it and do what we can to help. What I want to talk about today is leftism. I don't know how to put it in a different way. And I believe that leftism, while once a philosophy, has now become what I would really call a cult. I think it's a cult of leftism. We talked a few episodes ago about the cult of identity. You can go back and take a listen to that. And this really is an extension. This may even be kind of the parent organization. I mean, it's really what it all stems from and goes into. And it is a problem in the sense that the worldview has changed. The worldview has changed. You used to have, and just for a 30-second primer, because my child asked me this the other day, what's the left? You have the right, you have the center, you have the left. Typically, the right tends to be more conservative. The left tends to be more liberal. And that is in terms of policy, taxes, size of government, things like that. The right would say that the government should be smaller and only intrude as much as they need to in order to hold the society together. The left, um, as you progress through this spectrum, would say that the government should be as big as possible and take care of all of your needs to varying degrees. So that's a super simple way to look at it. And again, throughout time, throughout history, the right has tended to be more conservative. Um, you could say that the right was more interested in things like keeping the Constitution the way that it is. The left has tended to be more liberal, trying to expand the words, especially in America, of the founding documents and trying to add different things that we need. And the truth is we need both sides. We need people who are keeping us to the original ideals and values, but we also need people who are looking at the social construct of the society and pushing a little bit to say like, hey, there are some inequalities in this society that we need to look at and figure out and get to a better place on. So both sides of this equation politically are super important. And they can push back against each other. And that's typically what debates have been, what presidential elections have been. You almost always see either four or eight years in America of one side and then four or eight years from another side because they tend to flip flop back and forth. You get closer to kind of a constitutional republic and then you notice some disparity and another candidate from the left comes in and says, hey, let's make some of these wrongs right and use the government to do that. And you need to go through both sides and you need to to work at trying to make this country, this ideological experiment of government, into something that is livable. Now, 
Uh, with full disclosure, obviously, I land on the right side of things. I believe that the Constitution was well-crafted by people who came from a biblical worldview and want this country to reflect the freedoms, things that we hear like life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And usually, again, you kind of just fight back and forth over policy. That's what it ends up being. Things like health care and taxes and, and things like that, that have consequences, yes, but aren't world-shaking necessarily. We are in a different time. We are now in what I refer to, again, as the cult of leftism. Um, and it's it's this extension of the cult of identity that I talked about previously, but it really may encompass it and, and chicken or egg, which one came first. It doesn't really matter for this particular dialogue. But this cult is going strong and it's picking up steam and this it's infecting the election process in a huge way and that's why we need to talk about it we need to talk about it specifically right now a few days before the election politics used to be about well politics healthcare and policies and taxes and we just talked about that but we're at a different level. We've reached this level where it's not about politics anymore. And really, the best thing that I can liken it to is this pagan religion. It's like a pagan religion. And, I, and the, what I mean by that is paganism is, is a religion or a cult that's obsessed with success. Like life has to go well. And so you have to do these rituals that make life go well. And so if life is not going well, then something is wrong and you have to exercise. Like you have to remove that, cut out whatever thing is going wrong that is causing the bad. And historically, and this is old historically, paganism has been around for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Um, And so if you had things like a military defeat or a famine or civil disorder, then you would use the tools of paganism to try to address that. And again, sometimes it was worshiping the sun god, sometimes the earth god. In many civilizations, it was sacrifice, even human sacrifice. These were things that the pagans in their religions did actually did human sacrifice, baby sacrifice. I mean, these were terrible and terrifying things that pagans did in order to affect the outcomes, so they thought, right? Um, in the example that we're in now, that paganism, and I, and I believe we are in this new paganism, I want to point to what's happening in the election and in politics and in what used to be a conversation. Now it is not a conversation. And it's not important politically, but it's, I'm sorry, it's not only important politically, it is important politically, but it's important morally. And that's why we're talking about it here at Church Public, because this is, it's moved from the politic and the conversation of civility. It's moved from that. It is now a moral problem. And that's why I say it is paganism. It's not just a politic anymore. It's not just, I agree with your, I disagree with your policies. So let's talk about getting a different policy in there. We're not having that dialogue. And you can see that across the country. And I'm going to point to some examples in a moment. The dialogue is no longer, let's talk about policies to make life better for certain people in the country or to make life safer in certain parts of the country. We're talking about, you hear it, Let's burn the country down because it's not going the right way. And this is a moral problem. We've lost the morality of the Bible. We've given that away. We've lost the morality of a foundation in God. We've given that away. And so now we're looking to something else for our morality. And the only thing left for our morality is 
politics or science or both. We lean to the morality of politics. We lean to the morality of science to tell us what is good and what is bad. And you see this in things like climate change. You see this in things like um, this whole virus response. It's, it's not so much about science. And you can point to this not being a scientist. You can point to it and say, one day you said one thing, the next day you said another thing, and you can't say that science changed that fast. Yes, we learn things in science, but what you see is if you have an alternate view, you're not just wrong, you're bad. And that's not a philosophical distinction, that's a moral distinction. So this isn't science. When science says you're bad, that's moral. If science says you're wrong, that's fact. You can have a right opinion, you can have a wrong opinion, you can have a different opinion. You can argue through the opinions to get to the best opinion. But if you say you're a bad person for thinking this, that's a moral judgment saying there's something wrong with you and you now need to be eliminated, again, from what I would say is this cult. So this is a, this is, it's moved into another level of discord, of disunity in this country. And we really need to pay attention to it as believers in God, because it's going to have ramifications. Again, I, I, I keep saying, don't sit on your couch through this time, because if you continue to sit there and just watch this happen, it's going to come for you faster than you think it is. And you can think, I'm safe. This will all just blow over in two weeks after the election. No big deal. And then everything will be back to normal. It's not going to happen that way. It, it just isn't. And, I, and I, I don't mean to be the harbinger of doom. I, I generally am a very positive person. So this is a strange place that I find myself in, Philip philosophically, but let me tell you, it is not going to get better before it gets worse because we've we've crossed this moral bridge and it's going to be really hard to get back across it. So I'm going to go ahead and state some things outright. And again, you can disagree with me and, and that's fine. I like having the discourse. I like talking about things that we disagree on. That's fine. But what I've noticed is, again, we're not having conversations anymore. We're either good or bad people. So speaking of bad people, I'm sure you or someone you know doesn't like Donald Trump. The media doesn't like him. The Hollywood doesn't like him. The universities, the academia don't like him. The Democrats, of course, don't like him. The far left uh, don't like him. But it's beyond not liking at this point. It's beyond politics. And I believe we've moved into this religion. We've moved into this weird political religion where, for many, Donald Trump is literally the devil. They actually think he's the devil. And you might think I'm making a joke. I'm not making a joke seriously people believe Donald Trump is the devil and what that then shows you and what you can extrapolate out of it is some sense actually of the insanity that's going on around the country when people are actually burning down parts of the country when people are actually becoming violent it's because they really believe there is an evil immoral person in the White House and that person needs to be exercised again removed out of the cult so that this religion can be good again and the devil is removed. Once the bad man, once the devil is removed, all the bad things will cease. This is textbook paganism. Paganism is when it doesn't rain, you have to sacrifice to the rain god or the sun god, and then it will rain once you've done the appropriate amount of sacrifice. We're treating this election like it's a sacrifice. We're treating this election like if Donald Trump loses and is finally removed from the White House, then the rainbows and sunshine will come back to this country again. It's not going to work that way. He has done some good things. He has done some bad things. 
He's just a man, actually. Just like you're just a person. And I'm just a person. He's just a person. And he's done some bad. He's done some good. One thing is absolutely clear. He does love America. He loves America and he's trying to stick to the, the values and foundations of America. He's made a lot of bad choices. He's made a lot of good choices. His policies have shown that he cares about America and that he cares about the people of America and wants them to be better off than they were before. This idea that once he leaves the office, everything will be better is kind of a silly idea because someone else is going to go into the office and they're going to be just a person, man, woman, whatever. They're going to do some good things and they're going to probably do some bad things. And this political paganism is saying that the head of the country, if they're evil and if Donald Trump is evil and once they leave, the country is going to be good again, that just can't be the truth, regardless of who follows. They're not going to be more evil. They're, they're, they're not going to be less evil. They're just going to be a person who's as flawed as you or me. They may have more experience. They may have less experience. I have no idea. And we're going to have to see that out. But... If we make, again, when we've removed God, we've removed the foundation of the Bible, we've removed Jesus from our lives, so there has to be some God presence. Some people have made Trump into a God. Yeah, I absolutely believe that's true. That's not right. But some people have also made him into the devil, which is also not right. He's neither of those things. He's just a guy. He's as flawed as any human is, and... He's made mistakes, but he also has done some conservative things. And that's why I talked about the left and the right. In words, he is a train wreck. Totally. In actions, he has made a lot of conservative choices that have been good for a lot of Americans. The economy was the best it almost ever has been before this pandemic hit. And no one knew what was going on in this pandemic. And to think that another person could have done it better is kind of ludicrous. Or to think that, like, there was... um. Let me look at my notes. Uh, The politician Elizabeth Warren gave a speech the other day, and she said, quote, He, Trump, threatens the very existence of human life, of all of the life on this planet, end quote. You see what I'm saying when they think he's literally the devil? They really think that he has so much power that he is going to threaten all of life on the earth. And Biden said the other day that if Trump was not president and someone else was, all 200 and some thousand people would have survived. All of them. Again, I, I, I don't I don't understand I don't understand how you can have that thought. Like, does Trump literally have the power over life and death? Or is Biden saying he has the power to resurrect all those people? I, I have I have no idea what that means, but this is not a philosophical argument. It's not a political argument. This is clearly a moral argument. He is so bad that people died because he is an evil person. And if a better person was in, the people wouldn't have died. Or maybe if the better person was in they would be resurrected. I don't understand where this religious view goes. It is clearly a religious view. It's a moral view of society. And and this doesn't end well for the battle of spiritual things that are going on to this world. Take note as we get closer to this election, regardless of what happens, we have crossed a divide. We used to argue about politics, policy, taxes. We talked about that. We are arguing about much, much more now. We are arguing about morality. This left, the radical left, and make 
no mistake, this is coming from the radical left. They have no God and they have made their own. Their God is politics. Their God is science. Their God is gender equality. Their God is climate change. If you disagree with anything they say, you are not just wrong. You are evil as well. That's the connection here. And that's why this is important to hear. Regardless of your feelings on Trump, and I don't really care what your feelings on him are. I mean, again, he's he's not a great human. He's done great. He's done good policy choices. Um, so you can judge him for whatever you want. But besides Jesus on this earth, there have been no perfect people. So to judge him as a perfect person is is kind of a lost cause. It's not, It's there. we didn't elect Jesus as our president. Jesus in this country and context wouldn't work out well as a president. That's not who Jesus is. And that's not what we, we elected as a president. We elected someone who hopefully would support the constitution, uphold it and benefit the citizens of this country. And by and large, honestly, he's done that. You can look at the policies. Don't listen to the words. Look at the policies. And I know that's hard for some people. Um, but you have to understand that the people that are calling Trump the devil, the people that are calling him actually an evil person, will turn right around and call you an evil person as well. There is no distinction if you disagree with their policies. You can look at, there was a professor at a liberal college in Washington that was a liberal professor, I think of evolution or something like that, and he got booted out of his whole job because he dared to disagree with one thing. And you'll begin to see that more and more. It doesn't matter if you're conservative or center or even liberal. If you say one thing wrong, they're going to come for you because in this worldview, in this cult, just like a cult, you cannot disagree. You cannot disagree with anything. If you disagree with anything, you cannot be in the religion. And that's where it gets into this woke thought, where you are woke if you understand what's going on around you. What I prefer to say is, are you awake? Are you awake enough to know that this is not a physical battle? This is not a mental battle. This is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle for your soul, for the souls of those that you know, and the devil really wants those souls. And God really wants those souls. And he wants to use you in their lives to reach out to them, to show them love, to show them the truth, the truth that the media doesn't want them to hear, the politicians don't want them to hear, the scientists don't want them to hear, the social media doesn't want them to hear, the academics, the institutions, universities, no one wants the truth of Jesus to be heard. So it's your job to go out and share this truth. I don't want to say you're the only one who can do it, but every believer is the only one who can do it. There are people that God has placed into your life that you may be the only person in their life that has this kernel, this nugget of truth that you need to bring to them. And I pray that you have the courage to do that when the time comes. This election is going to come and go and something is going to happen. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I don't see the future. Someone is going to win and someone is going to lose or maybe no one is going to win and it'll be stuck in litigation forever. I have no idea. But all I can say is this spiritual battle is heating up. It definitely is. That's true. I am no fortune teller. I am no future predictor. But I can tell you that this moral divide where there is a good part of this country that has lost their foundation in God and they don't want it back 
And there is going to be this spiritual battle in between the people of God that believe there is a truth, believe there is a Jesus, our Savior, who came for this world, and the people that hate the idea of something taking the place of their God, whether it's science or climate or culture or politics or whatever it is, if you try to say that your God is going to take the place of that, they will come for you. It doesn't matter what your um, political sphere is. It, it, it's not going to matter. And, and so you have to, one, you have to have courage. The truth is real. Jesus is real, and this truth will prevail. Jesus has told us that he has already won, and he has said to take heart, have courage, that he has already conquered this world. We can rest in that regardless of the situation and the circumstances that we're in. And two, even though it feels out of control, God is still in control. So rest in that. Again, have courage, take heart in that. And then finally, I think you should vote. I think you should choose whoever you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I've tried to give you some information on the different sides and what they're looking at. On the one side, you have a person who will fight for the idea of America. You may not like them. You may not like Trump. You may not like what he stands for in terms of his brashness and his vulgar language. Fine. You don't have to like it, but he does like America. And you're not voting for a person. You're voting for an ideal he clearly wants you to have a chance at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which are not government-given ideals. Those are God-given ideals. God gives you life. God gives you freedom. God gives you liberty. And this pursuit that you have the opportunity to work as hard as you can to succeed and thrive and have an abundant life, those are God-given values. The Constitution the Bill of Rights, those things, the amendments, they protect your rights that are God-given. And one of the candidates is interested in that. They're biblical principles of freedom and individuality. On the other side, you're hearing it already, you're seeing it in social media, you're seeing it in the news and the mainstream, and you're going to hear it more. They will force you to agree. They will take away your voice if you disagree. We see this all over social media. We see this in the New York Post, which is the oldest continuous publication in America that was started by Alexander Hamilton himself. The New York Post cannot post anything on Twitter right now. Still, after days and days and days, because they said something that went against the mainstream. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. And they're not conservative. <laughs> they are very not conservative. It's not going to matter if you're conservative, liberal, left. If you say the wrong thing, they will silence you. It's coming for you. I'm trying to use my voice as long as I have it. Um, so if you don't get in line, they're going to lock you away figuratively, literally. It's not hyperbole. Listen to the way they talk. Listen to what they say. They're going to open the borders. They're going to be unrestricted trade with countries like China, Russia, Iran. They're going to force diversity in every business, regardless of qualification or anything, because the outcome is more important than the energy and, and effort that you put into it. And if the outcome is the most important thing, then you have to level the ground on the on the end result, which means if you do well, uh, you get knocked down. And if you do poorly, you get lifted up. And that sounds really biblical, but in practice, the only way to get there is through a tyrannical government, through a government that steps in and forces you to be pushed down and forces others to be lift up. And that force can take a lot of different forms. And again, don't believe everything I'm saying. Go look at the Russian Revolution, French Revolution, Maoist Revolution, Venezuela right now. Look at all of these places, Korea, look at how these things took place 
and you will see a lot of similarities in how it how it is going to what we have now and and that should I, I'm not trying to fear monger. I, again, I'm just trying to be realistic. Just be realistic about what you're seeing and know that this is a spiritual battle and the powers that be, especially of this world, do not want God to be in control. And we've had kind of a golden age of Christianity where it's been easy in this country. And that golden age, it seems like, is slowing down or maybe even coming to an end. So you have a choice. You can sit on the couch and you can watch all of this happen and see what shakes out, or you can take a stand and stand for what you believe and show that you love Jesus, that you believe there is a truth, that you believe there is a reality. And this choice is up to you. You you, you have a, a very specific choice in this time. And I just want to leave you with Matthew 6 that you seek after God and that you would seek after his kingdom and his kingdom alone, and he will take care of the rest. And that's a great promise. It's a great promise for us to end on and to lean on every moment of every day. I hope that you seek God, that you pray, that you act justly, that you do the right things, and that you walk humbly, that you fear God only, not the government, not the virus, not other people, but that you're bold in your faith and your life following God, even when they call you names for being a Christian, which they will, Walk humbly and keep the faith. Thanks for joining us at Church Public. I'm so glad you are listening. I hope that you like and subscribe at iTunes. You can check us out on social media at Church Public, on Twitter, Instagram, etc. God bless and keep the faith.